Turn to uh, Habakkuk chapter 2. Let me ask you a question. First of all, let's just be real honest. Vulnerable, transparent, all those good words. How many people today see this morning as... How can I put this? How many people are just like, I don't know what's happening. I feel it. I know it. I sense it. There's something I know, but... It's not like we always do things. Church, we are called, just as Lucy said, just as the the Lord from or the word from the Lord came through her to us, that this is our community. We talk about wanting community. We talk about wanting fellowship. We talk about wanting uh, to be connected with other people. But often what we're saying is we want people to connect to us. And that's not biblical community. Biblical community is us going to the people. The gospel is shared as we go to the people. We can't lure people into the church. We can't promise them things. We can't hope that one day they'll just wake up and decide to go to church. We must go out to them. And I want to encourage you that each one of you, as you were born again, as you live for Christ and are a child of God, you carry that community within you, that that connectivity, that that uh, magnetism, if you will. And and if you're not feeling it for some reason, now be careful, feelings are deceptive, that natural feelings, you're not feeling it, let's start by going to community, going to our brothers and sisters, going to the people in the church, making ourselves available to them, saying, hi, how are you? Let me give you a hug. Now, you guys know I'm not the biggest hugger. Well, I might be the biggest hugger, but I'm not the biggest on hugging. I, I, I It's something that over the last couple of years I've tried to kind of come out of because I know there are folks that, man, just a, a warm smile and a nice hug would just change their week, their month, their maybe even their life. And so I don't want to be so selfish and give up all these hugs, you know. But honestly, I just want to be able to comfort people and love them the way Jesus loves me. So community, while it's it's very much a buzzword in Christian circles, what it really amounts to be is family. What it amounts to be is together, being the people of God. If you're a born-again Christian, if you have given your life to Jesus, you are the people of God. You don't need a certificate. You don't need validation. You have the word of God. You have given your life to Christ. You belong to him. You have been adopted into his family. And one of the things that so often destroys that, I want to give you the opposite of community. And the opposite of all the good things of God, generally speaking, is something called pride. Pride is poison to your soul, spirit, and everything about you. Pride masquerades as things like self-esteem. Pride masquerades as, uh, as, as false humility. Pride masquerades as a lot of things. And then obviously pride is something like arrogance and things like that. But, but i got to be honest with you. Our understanding of pride is different than what the Bible says about pride. Church, if you do a good job, take pride in your work. I did a good job because I wanted to to show this person 
that I wanted to earn the money that I was getting or that I love them or something. I want to do a good job. Ultimately, I'm working for Christ. I want to do a good job, and that's okay. That form of pride is not biblical pride. When we see somebody who is arrogant, we see somebody who is boastful, that's closer to biblical pride, but it still misses the mark. Biblical pride is this, self-worship. I was talking to somebody yesterday. I grew up in the 80s. Um, I was born in 1978, so I got the full, all of it, full on. And I remember our country at that time going through something called the Cold War. And it was longer than the 80s, but that's when I became cognizant of it. And we had Ronald Reagan and Mikhail Gorbachev, and you had all these conferences. And there wasn't really a war, but there was all this tension. And there was so much tension because America and Russia at the time were the superpowers of the earth. And growing up in the 80s, growing up as just a young boy, I knew that we all knew that America was a superpower. That we, we just somehow, by the grace of God, we are this mighty nation that you should not take lightly, that you should not tread upon, that you should really rely on and we will, we've got your back, but don't cross this type of a mentality. We're a superpower. But I've watched that morph and evolve through the rest of my generation and the generation to come or that's coming up. And it's, it's, it's our, our nation itself is no longer the superpower it once was. Let's just call things what they are, but it's developed a new mentality. And that is, I'm a superpower. I am to be reckoned with. I am not to be treaded upon. I am to be worshipped and exalted. I am to be celebrated. I, 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 I. And this is biblical pride. Biblical pride will keep you from the altar. Biblical pride will keep you from having people pray for you. They'll, they'll, it'll allow you to be gossipy. It'll allow you to just vent and do nothing about it but it won't bring you to a place of healing and a place of being restored biblical pride is poison to your very soul habakkuk chapter 2 god's going to tell habakkuk all about this verse 6 god says to habakkuk shall not these and these are the proud the arrogant the enemies of god the the, the, the self-exalting, self-worshipping people. Shall not all these take up their taunt against him with scoffing and riddles for him and say, woe to him who heaps up what is not his own for how long and loads himself up with pledges or loads himself with pledges. Will not your debtors suddenly arise and, and those awake who will make you tremble? Then you will be spoiled for them. Because you have plundered many nations, all the remnant of the people shall plunder you for the blood of man and violence to the earth, to cities and all who dwell in them. Woe to him who gets evil gain for his house to set his nest on high, to be safe from the reach of harm. You have devised shame for your house by cutting off many peoples. You have forfeited your life for the stone will cry out from the wall and the beam from the woodwork respond. Woe to him who builds a town with blood and founds a city on iniquity. Behold, it is not from the Lord of hosts that peoples, lab that peoples labor merely for fire and nations weary themselves for nothing. 
for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the, cover the sea. Woe to him who makes his neighbors drink, and you pour out your wrath and make them drunk in order to gaze at their nakedness. You will have your fill of shame instead of glory. Drink yourself and show your uncircumcision. The cup of the Lord's right hand will come around to you, and utter shame will come upon your glory. The violence done to Lebanon will overwhelm you, as will the destruction of the beasts that terrified them, for the blood of man and violence of the earth to cities and all who dwell in them. Church, the message from God to Habakkuk about all that was happening and transpiring in Israel at the time. God says there is these prideful people, and by pride he means they are enemies of God, they have exalted themselves, they have set up themselves, and here's what they have done. They have made themselves the superpower. They have built their houses with the blood of other people. They get people drunk just to just to mess with them, just to just to get them drunk. They they have become the god of their own life. You might be saying, Pastor Tony, I don't understand what that has to do with any of this right now that I'm going through. Here's what I'm here to tell you. Most of us probably aren't overtly guilty of this sin. Here's what we're guilty of. We're guilty of looking upon those people and becoming prideful. We're guilty of looking at people who are building up uh, nations or households or, or cities or governments on the blood of people, and we're looking down upon them. And rather than being moved to compassion to pray for them, we are judging them. We are, we are becoming just like them. Church, the Bible doesn't call us out of the world to make us look like the world. Jesus calls us out of the world that we might be different. You've got to remember that the same Jesus that made the whip of cords and flipped tables, he cried over Jerusalem. He wept for them. He, he saw their, their coming destruction and impending judgment, and it caused him to weep. The same God who is not cool with taking advantage of people who want to worship God was not cool with the fact that these people were going to die in their sin. He wept over the city. He said so often, I, I paraphrase, I, I wish that you would come under my wing like, like a mother hen and, and, and chicks come underneath a mother's wing. I wish you would just come back to me, but they wouldn't. Jesus didn't stand back scoffing at them with no, no compassion for them. One of, the, one of the first things people always chime in, well, Jesus always ate with, with sinners and tax collectors and prostitutes and blah, blah, blah. Yes! Yes, he did. He went to them to show them himself. He went to them to love them. He didn't stand far back and say, you're a prostitute, you're a tax collector, you're a Pharisee, you're a sinner, you're dirty. He said, no, you're all these things and you need me. Jesus said, I came to heal the sick. I, I didn't come to those who don't need a physician. I came to those who, who know that they're sick. And if we aren't the ones building and being the overtly prideful, then we're the ones that are even worse. We're the hiding prideful. We're the ones that we go everywhere else but Jesus. We do everything else but pray. We do everything else but read our word. Church, if we would just read our Bibles, do you know how different the church would look in our community? 
So many people in our community are involved in churches and ministries that they don't even know are wrong because they won't read their Bibles. Just read through your word. Make it make it part of your life. Not just not just a habit, but but this word, this is this is everything. And I don't even understand half of it, but man, it's everything. This is, this is God's word to me about him. If I want to know more about God, if I want to connect to Jesus, if I want to know his love, I will find it first here, always. I want the Lord to speak to me. Open your Bible. Read your Bible. Men and women have died. They have shed blood so that we would have the liberty to just even have one of these. And here we are today more Bibles than we can count, and they just sit there collecting dust. Church, we're not talking about using the Bible as a Band-Aid. Oh, I'm hurt. Let me read a verse. I'm okay now. That's, that's not really how the Bible's meant to be used. But we go back to it to know about the God, to know about the, the Lord, the Father who loves us, the, the Son who died for us, the Spirit that fills us. The prideful don't do that because they don't see the need for it and they have lifted up themselves and it is their word that prevails, not God's. Church, we're unlike other religions in that we cannot bend what the word tells us to fit us. You go to any other religion, go to any other walk of life, for the most part, generally speaking. Oh, you don't like this? Well, then just do it in your own way. Oh, you can't say some word during yoga? Well, then just say Allah. It's all the same. We're, we're not, we can't do that. We don't have that liberty. Church, we have, been, we have been saved not just by God, but for God. You have been saved for him. And the grace of God so often is abused and taught as, I get to do what I want. I have grace. Oh, I messed up. I have grace. And that's true to an extent. But here's what grace is really for. Grace enables me to do what God wants me to do. Grace is not just a dustpan and broom for when I screw up. Grace is meant to enable me and empower me to make the right choice at the right time. When tempted by sin, I now have the ability to say no. Before it wasn't even an option. Before, before Jesus, I, that was my nature. Going back to compassion, you've got to understand that when sinners sin, that's their nature. It's like kicking a dog for scratching itself or, or chasing something. It's in their nature. Why would, you, why would you abuse an animal because they're doing what they're meant to do? Or scolding them because uh, you know, they chased after a squirrel or something. That's what their dogs do that. That's what dogs do. It's their nature. Sinners sin. It's in their nature. And you wonder, how? why don't they think that's wrong? Because they're sinners and they don't know it's wrong yet. It feels right. Well, it feels right to me. Of course it does. It's your nature. But see, we as Christians, we're different. We now have the Holy Spirit filling us, telling us, hey, don't do that. Hey, that ain't right. You should stop that. No, go left. Go, don't go right. Go left. But I want to go right. No, go left. Okay. 
Stop. Start. Give. Serve. Love. That's sin. See, that, see, we have that. We've been. That's what grace has allowed us and afforded us. And if we fall into Satan's trap, and it is Satan's trap, to use that grace to be, develop our own Christian pride, we lose. Evangelism, missionary work is dead. We got nothing. What, we're going to look down upon people and expect them to come to us and say, you know what, you're right. Thanks for giving me that look. Thanks for putting that thing on Facebook. Now I really, now I really see the folly of my, of my nature. No. But you show them Jesus. The same Jesus that you saw. The same Jesus that convicted you of your sin. Well, now we got something. Now we've got evangelism. Now we've got missionary work, whether it's thousands of miles away or just on Peterborough Street. I mean, we're just, that's being a missionary. If you, if you have been sucked into this false pride, as Habakkuk er, was early on in this letter or early on in this discourse, then we need to pray and repent today. Church, I, I, I have a dream, I have a vision that this church would be so filled with people who love Jesus that we'd have to build a bigger building, that we'd have to have multiple services, that we'd have so many people on the worship team, it'd be like Leonard Skinner up here because there are just guitarists everywhere. Like not the actual music, but have you ever seen Leonard Skinner? They have like 40 guitarists. I, I, I just, I have vision and dream that dreams that this city would that this church would grow so much and when i say church i'm talking primarily about south bay but i mean the church in this area that we'd be so so filled not just big filled with people who just want to know more about christ and we will not get that sitting at home sitting in church not sharing christ can god miraculously do it of course he can but you know what I most often see? I see him raising up a man like Peter to preach the gospel and 3,000 get saved. Going to a place where those 3,000 already were. Going to a place where there were lots of people and just preaching the gospel. I also see Philip preaching to an Ethiopian. One guy, but sharing the gospel, pointing somebody in the right direction. So church... Let's be different. Let's not be like the rest of the stereotypes that we see on TV. Let's not, let's not give anybody fuel for their fire. When somebody asks us to do something we don't agree with their lifestyle, by all means, follow your conscience and the Holy Spirit, but let's love and serve as best we can. When somebody that you disagree with, I don't care if it's inside the church or outside of the church, this isn't compromise, this is just being compassionate. Hey, I love you. What can I do for you? How can our church help you? Can I, can I share Jesus with you? No? Okay, I'm going to be praying for you. Can I pray for you right now? True or false, we're going to get, pardon my language, we're going to get crapped on, right? Okay, we already know that, right? Somebody, somebody's going to hear that. They're going to reject us. They're going to they're gonna call us some Bible thumper. Like, who even uses that word anymore? When I see 
When I see the folks who are anti-Christian using that word, I'm just like, my goodness, can you find a new word? I'll, I'll make up a word for you. Just stop saying Bible thumper, because I think of Thumper the Bunny from Bambi on top of a Bible. Just come on, something else. Holy Roller, are you kidding me? That's the best you've got, Holy Roller and Bible Thumper. Can't you just call me Christian? Like, that's better. Just do that. We won't change the world unless we go out and show them what has changed our world. I watched the ladies up here. They were crying and laughing. And I'm not trying to diminish anything that happened right here. But what I'm saying is I watched them and I saw community and family building across generations, across cultures, across – I mean just in our little church here. That doesn't happen unless we go out, unless we, for lack of a better word, we become vulnerable. It's not about the alt. It's not about the wooden altar here, folks. This altar is not magic. It's just wood. I think it came from another church. But the moment that we have here, that is a moment that is a connection with Jesus, a connection with others that really is unlike any other. The cure for pride is always Jesus. We can compare ourselves to other people all day long. It'll make us feel really good about ourselves really quick. Just go to Walmart. You ever go to Walmart on a Sunday afternoon? Kill me now if I have to go to Walmart on a Sunday afternoon. My gosh, it's like it's like the DMV on steroids. It's just horrible. You want to feel good about yourself? Go start comparing yourself to folks. Look at what they're buying. They don't have enough money. Why are they buying that? Oh my gosh, another stereotype fulfilled. Blah, 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 blah. You could just make yourself feel good all day. And be sinful, but you make yourself feel good all day. But instead, compare yourself to Jesus. I praise God that Jesus doesn't look at us like we're Walmart. Can you imagine him looking down upon us? My gosh, look at those people again. Really, more Mountain Dew? You really need more Mountain Dew? No, but honestly, he doesn't look upon us like the way we look upon other people. He looks upon us with compassion. Does he want us to sin? Absolutely not. I, I get the impression from the Bible that he doesn't like sin that much. He looks upon us with compassion. I don't read the Bible and come away with Jesus is cool with sin. I don't get that. But I do get that he is so compassionate and loving for us that he would die for us and our sin. Jesus is the cure for pride. James 4 and 6 says, but he gives more grace. Therefore, God says, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. You want to get through this pride? Remember Jesus. When something comes up in your news feed and you're just like, oh, those people with their thing, whatever it is. Think of Jesus. How would Jesus see them? Would he, would he be hurt not because they put up something obscene, but because their child was dead? The Bible says before we know Christ, we're dead. That Jesus so loved the world that he died for us so that we might become alive. Or maybe, or maybe somebody on TV does something that we would never do, and instead of responding in love, we respond in the cliches. Can we rise above the stereotypes and be what God has called us to be through his word? The, the apostles, they went everywhere. They went to the synagogue. 
They went to the marketplace. They went to town square. They went to people's homes. They they hid in caves and preached the. I mean, they they went everywhere they could to just tell people about Jesus. And they they had relationship with other people. We can't we can't build the church on Facebook. It doesn't work that way. We can't build the church by just our little snarky remarks on Facebook and stuff. It doesn't work. But if we will love other people as Christ loved us, man, right now we would stand out like a sore thumb. So who wants to change the world? Raise your hand. But that's too big. Who wants to change this world? I do. I want to see people living, loving, serving, all that stuff in the name of Christ. And that one day we'll all be in heaven together, that Jesus will return, pick up his bride, we'll go on our honeymoon, and, and we will be with him for eternity. He will be our God. We will be his people. If you have not given your life to Jesus today, and what I mean by that is you have not said that I have put faith in Christ to forgive my sins, that yes, I am a sinner, I need forgiveness, I need Christ, then today is your day. And if you've done that, but man, your life is not really reflective of that, then today's the day to give your life back to Jesus. And if you just, if you're just lost and hurting and you, you know Christ, but it's like you're floating in an ocean of nothing, then today's the day to just say, Jesus, I'm floating in an ocean of nothing. Please help me. And if there's some other circumstance that I can't even imagine that you were in today, today's your day to reach out to Christ. So let's stand. I want to pray with you. This is not, gosh, I wish, I wish inside of you there was just a switch. Like a, like a doll. I could just go to your back, flip a switch, and you're a dynamite Christian. You have the capacity within you because of Jesus to be pretty awesome. You don't need to believe me. I don't need to fluff you up. I don't need to, to be a self-esteem motivational speaker. You have Jesus. You have this ability. You have the power to do this. Not because of you, but because of him. Let's pray. Jesus, oh man. We have fallen into too many traps. And they aren't new traps. And they're not even that clever. We are just that blind sometimes, Lord. And we fall into these pits and we fall into these cliches. And all I'm asking today, Lord, is that we would be drawn up out of that by you. That we would be unlike the rest of the world. That we would be like the church you've called us to be. That we would love the unlovable. That we would serve those that honestly don't deserve it. That we would not just look favorably upon those who are nice and good, but we'd look at all people on a level playing field. That we'd be challenged. That we would even fail at this, Lord, but that we would endeavor to go down this path because it's the path that you have already walked. You ate with the sinners and the prostitutes and the tax collectors and the Pharisees, and you ate with your own disciples who needed you like everybody else. You called men up from their homes, from their work, from their heritage and from their history to follow you, help us to follow you. And Jesus, gosh, you know, just help us to be honest with ourselves. Help us to, to look, to not lie to ourselves. 
to be humble. To just realize that you are the Savior we need. And we don't need the world to agree with us. We just need you. We don't need the world's approval. We just need you. Help us, Lord, to read our word and to pray and to be the people of God. Help us to use the talents and abilities you've given us. Help us to give and to love and to serve and to do all these things. To ultimately be like your son. Jesus, we are extremely thankful for what you've done. That even today, we can make such an audacious prayer. We could be so bold before you because of what you've already done for us. Thank you that you no longer remember our sin. That's been cast away. That the blood of Jesus is so strong and so prevalent and so real that it not only covers our sin but washes it away. I pray for each and every person here today, Lord. I'm not special. I'm not a holy man. But man, I want to pray for these people that you would show them, open their eyes, show them you more. Challenge them tonight and tomorrow and in the week to no longer live a life that's complacent, but a life that is raw and and vulnerable before you. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.